starting a new project is always somewhat intimidating, and making the move from behind the scenes to behind the mic is equally, if not more so. That's why it's such a gift to be able to talk to other people doing what you're aiming to do, and to a very high level with a great degree of success. Julie Traxler and Corey Harris are two of those people. They co-founded SB Space, a consulting firm that works with Main Street America, providing strategy, systems, and preparedness information to people around the country. They also host a popular podcast called BizQuick and a weekly live radio show. So we're talking about podcasting as a business, for a business, and what they've learned after doing it for years today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. All right. So Corey and Julie, thank you for being here. I'm going to jump right into things and try not to put you on the spot too much when I ask if you were in a stadium filled to the brim with your ideal clients and you had one sentence only to describe what your business is and who you help, what would you say? Is there background music playing? That's relevant. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But you have to say the song. Oh, okay. (laughs) Final countdown by Europe. (laughs) Nice. Perfect. I think we've got one sentence to talk to our stadium filled with our ideal clients. We're probably going with, are you ready to take your life back? Ooh. Oh, I like that because you're working very much with people who have probably gotten a little bit in over their heads with their businesses and how that's going. Do you want to speak to that just for a moment? Sure. We work with a lot of small business owners and have come across a lot of people who seem to have fallen into business. They didn't really have a plan when they started. It was a side hustle that turned into a full-time job. Or with a lot of people that in the past couple of years, they found themselves unemployed and they had the time to spend on doing something that they enjoyed, something that they were passionate about. But they never set up the fundamentals of the business. They didn't build out everything that they needed internally. They just kind of started. And so when that happens, and I mean, even with experienced business owners, people who have been in business for a long time, if you don't stop and take the time to build out your fundamentals, build out the foundation of your business, the processes, training, all of those things, you're just constantly going to be working in the day-to-day of your business. And it just compounds on itself and it's hard to get out of. And so that's what we try to do is we help people get out of their business so they can work on the big picture, the strategy, the vision, that type of stuff. That's fantastic. And I mean, obviously a situation that I have never been in and can't empathize with at all. (laughs) You think everyone else has it all together and you're the only person who doesn't. And so you're less likely to reach out for help. It's a really big problem that we see regularly with entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And well, I know one of the ways you're helping to reach out to these entrepreneurs and the small business owners that you work with is with your podcast. What made you think, oh, we should have a podcast? What's the origin story of your show, BizQuick? We didn't have enough on our plate at the time. So we said, why not start a podcast? Fair problem. Fair problem. Not enough to do. Great reason to start a podcast. Well, a friend of mine pointed out right after we started the podcast that there's really nothing that Corey and I do at shallow end of the pool. We just dive in head first, right? So we had just launched a business. We were writing a book and we thought, let's start a podcast. And we also were launching our first virtual course, like a webinar series for small business owners. So we started the podcast initially with the intent that it was going to really help us get more clients, right? That's what we were thinking. It'll put our name out there and we'll be able to get more clients. What we didn't realize initially was how it would help us raise credibility. It would help us with networking. We're going to meet a lot of really great people as a result of it. 
We're also going to be able to help a lot of people, right? So the whole initial premise that we were going to use for our podcast, that completely changed the format of the show within like the first month. Our format completely changed from what we thought we needed to do versus what we ended up doing. Could you speak to that a little bit more? I'd love to hear about kind of what you thought was going to happen and then what made you realize that you had to go in a different direction. I can't even remember what our initial format was. Well, in the sense of the layout of the show. I know like what our goal was, but we just changed our format again, kind of somewhat recently. And Julie even brought that up. I'm like, no, we've been doing that for quite a while. She's like, no, we just changed that in the spring. I'm like, no, you're crazy. (laughs) I went back and listened to one. I'm like, oh, wow. Because in my mind, we've been doing this forever, exactly like this, but it really hasn't been that way. But we started off, and you can talk more about the format if you want, mm-hmm. but the idea of we were going to have small business owners on. They were going to discuss a problem that they had, and we were going to help them solve this problem. And because we said, if you're having this problem, there's a good chance a lot of people are out there having this problem. And it's a great way to get a question answered and people can listen in. But it turns out people don't like talking about their problems in public. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. That went by the wayside real quick. It really did. And so then it turned into us having experts on. And then it kind of turned into us being like, well, screw the experts. We want to be the experts. And so we have experts on now, but we spend more time trying to be the experts ourselves. And there's a lot of entertainment that goes into it as well. Because if you listen to a lot of business podcasts like we do, then they're all kind of stuffy. It's one person just talking monotone into the mic about the business stuff that they want to talk. And it's boring. So we try and keep things a little lighthearted. We talk about business stuff, but we also talk about stories. We get off track quite a bit. Yeah, we do. The initial format, we're bringing the guests on right away. And we were having a guest on every single show. And, you know, after, I don't know, probably three, four months, someone said, why don't you guys do any shows that it's just the two of you? And so we started dropping some of those in. And then we had a connection. Someone, honestly, she was out in Hollywood, and I think she's like a writer or a producer for reality TV shows. She actually went through and we asked her to go through and listen to a bunch of our episodes and give us feedback. And so she did. And I can remember being really angry, like, who does this woman think she is, right? But she was so right because they were just minor tweaks really just a degree of difference. And the biggest thing was that the first now five to seven minutes is just me and Corey. And we are talking. There's no guest. We tell you who the guest is going to be. It's just the two of us. And then we take a break and then we bring the guest on. So every episode, you definitely get a dose of just me and Corey. And there are episodes where it's also just us on the back end. So we've got episodes where it's just us. And then we also have, we bring a lot of experts on who can talk about just a variety of different parts of being a business owner. I want to just kind of call out and congratulate you on the asking for feedback and then actually listening to the feedback because that's a really hard thing to do. It's the second best way to improve your show, right? The first being listen to your own recordings yourself. Thank you for saying that, Megan. Corey won't listen to the show. I listen to it all the time. You have to make him, Julie. My business partner makes me do it. I don't like doing it. I hate listening to myself, but it's got to be done. Oh, I will give him the feedback. You're saying <laughs> okay. too much or your filler words sure. are coming back. So, I mean, he does listen to it when he does the edit process. Yeah, I do listen to it. I put it on in the background because we've got a really good process now. It took us a while to get into the groove. When we first started, I specifically wanted things to be perfect. So if we mess something up, it's like, all right, cut that. I got to mark this. We're going to come back. We're going to 
trying and now we unless there's something that's just awful like if somebody loses their train of thought or somebody has to cough or whatever like all right hold on a second we'll mark this i can come back and cut that out we're good now where we've got a guest on we record the podcast it doesn't matter and so it takes about 30 minutes to record that it takes me 30 minutes to create everything after the fact because the 30 minutes is actually me listening to it and if there's a minor edit that has to be made create the show content, add all the intro, outro, all that stuff. And then I throw it over the fence to Julie. She listens to it again, sends back feedback. Usually I forgot to cut something out that I marked that need to get cut. That's mm-hmm. generally the feedback is got to cut that again. And that's it. I mean, publish it and promote it. It was a long drawn process that we have now streamlined into. We can pump one out in about 90 minutes. Yeah, that's great. Corey jumped ahead right there with a the magic word. One of my favorite words, process. Oh, I love a process. So you just kind of gave a, a nice overview of the, the actual recording and now having years into the process, you've got it really nice and streamlined. Does it integrate the podcast into your business in other ways? I know you mentioned some of the early goals were to get more clients. Now it's helping your credibility in the relationship building. Do you have any processes that go around that and kind of intentionally leveraging for those types of things, the relationship building, the networking, the education that you're getting from the experts you talk to? Kind of how does the podcast connect to other parts of your business these days now that you've got everything kind of swimming along nicely on the production end? So on the promotion end, right, one of the things that we do is we make sure that we're promoting heavily the guests that are on the show. We get a little chapped when people that are guests on the show don't promote it. And you can always tell when a guest doesn't promote it. And we have started where we've been making some minor tweaks along the way for that, right? Because we've learned just because somebody has a really big following on social media, that really doesn't mean anything because if they don't promote it, it doesn't matter, right? So we're constantly refining how we're promoting the show. And what we have learned is that it's probably more important for us from a credibility perspective to be on other people's shows than it is for people to come on our show, right? Our show, it's almost like this is a give back to other people on their entrepreneurial journey to be able to talk about the things that they're experts at and establish that. And then they can share it out and hopefully they're gaining from that. We have certainly leveraged it to make connections inside of our network where if we've got somebody who... Hey, I need somebody. Just recently, we had a person in our network who's a very good friend of ours asked if he's looking for a fractional CMO. And I'm like, I got a guy. We interviewed him on our podcast. Let me connect you. So able to make those connections and all of that stuff, you know, as corny as it sounds, that all comes back. People remember who the connectors are. And so there's a benefit to that. But other than that, I don't... Corey, is there any other ways that we've integrated it into the business? No, just as we said, or you said at the beginning, it just adds to our credibility where there's so much noise, there's so much information out there. There's so many people out there who call themselves coaches or consultants or can help small businesses, et cetera. We use this as a tool to give our brand a personality. So you can go onto our website and anybody can build a website and anybody can build a nice looking website and put some good copy on there and everything looks great. But again, who's going to land on that page and say, oh yeah, I really know these people. But with the podcast, we can help build personality for our business. So people can know us before they actually ever meet. You kind of came across something really interesting, really important in that is the difference in the functions, basically, of having guests onto your own podcast and then being a guest on other people's podcasts. So we tell people to recommend as a rule of thumb, if you want traffic and attention, go be a guest. 
if you want content and relationships, have guests on your own show. It's nice to see other people kind of coming around to that way of thinking because, you know, guests can't always share sometimes for really good reasons. Right. Other times laziness, you know, but (laughs) the problem is there are way more guests out there than there are podcasts. So for us, like Julie was also stating there, like we keep fine tuning how we vet our guests because there's a ton of people out there who want to be guests. And there's people who we want to have on our show who are, for whatever reason, they fear public speaking or a number of reasons. I could never be on a podcast. It's like, sure, you could. (laughs) We just started one. Why not? (laughs) You could be a guest. You can be a guest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's totally anecdotal, but I've seen within our client roster and the different shows that we produce, people who are very infrequently podcast guests end up being the most excited to share. They're going to tell everyone. They're going to send it to their boss. They're going to send it to their mom because it is so new and exciting, which is you know going to be different than someone who's on six podcasts a week. Who's just like, oh yes, another thing I did on a Tuesday. So. Right. One of the things that's interesting is when you host a podcast and you go on other people's shows and you're being interviewed by them and having the conversation you can learn so much about improving your own interview techniques or preparation techniques or the production, anything, right? And so it's always interesting to get on a show, see how someone else is doing it. And I think I really appreciate people who are exceptional at interviews because interviewing, it can be challenging, right? To find the right questions and kind of lean into the tough parts of the conversation and really get people to open up. So I I appreciate that. That's one of the reasons I enjoy going on other shows is to see how other people their interview styles. Learning focus. So I know that your main podcast is not the only kind of multimedia that you do. You've also got a radio show. So I would love to hear about kind of what, how that came about, its origin story as well. And then what you find the differences are, like what's the difference between creating this podcast and then having this more live, more broadcast type experience? So the radio show is interesting in that we had two really weird, interesting opportunities that cropped up as a direct result of this guy doing reels on our social media account for Instagram, right? So Corey is not on social media at all, but he is a team player and he does reels and they are fantastic. They're corny, they're funny, they're really creative. So the first thing that happened was Supermarket Sweeps producer reached out and asked us to audition for the show, which was amazing. We didn't get selected, but it was a lot of fun to audition. And the second thing that happened was the Voice America Network saw our reels. A producer saw our reels. That led them to our podcast, which then they reached out and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing a live national radio show? And in both instances, Megan... I messaged Corey and said, are these jokes? Is this a joke? Like, I really thought it was spam email. Somebody like punking us. Or, you know, this one of those president of Nigeria needs (laughs) $3,000 and they'll give you a million when they get their... It seemed like a scam. Why are they reaching out? The supermarket suite one, especially. I was like, this is a scam. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine getting an email like that. And I just think, do they know me? Have they like, what? We're... (laughs) It's crazy. So the radio show, it's a weekly show live, but you can also catch it on demand on the Voice America Business Channel. Our show is called Defeat the Chaos. And that has all to do with helping entrepreneurs and small business owners defeat the chaos inside of their business and really go from being owner-driven to process-driven. And it's an hour-long show. We usually have a guest in the middle segment. There's like three segments to it. And it's been a really interesting and fun experience to do that show. And sometimes it just feels surreal. Like I can't believe we're doing it. 
because we broadcast live. So that was a change for us, but we didn't really have any concerns with that because again, we just roll with it. So even on that show, something bad happens. It's not that anything really bad has happened, but just kind of roll with it. But the same, like we do with the podcast and everything else is we have at least one meeting once a week where we go through the entire week and all of that. And we review stats from the previous show and just constantly tweak. And so we were trying to figure out, okay, well, we need to do X, Y, and Z. So let's figure out how we can get that into the show, but we don't want to really, we don't want to change up the format too much because you have to be consistent, but you want to make sure that you're constantly improving. Yep. This was another instance of getting feedback and figuring out how we could leverage it, right? So for the entire year of 2021, Corey and I led a monthly dental business study group, right? So Corey's brother is a dentist. And so we, he's an endodontist. We would lead this monthly study group for the dentists and help them with business stuff, teach them business things, right? And after the year was all done, we got the feedback that sometimes the information we gave was too detailed. It was like too heavy for them to absorb. And so we literally just this week, we're like, do we need to dumb things down? And I don't mean that to sound insulting, but Is it an instance where we know this stuff so well that we just assume we could talk about it for five minutes and people can pick it up versus slowing down, taking one smaller piece and diving really deep in it? And so starting this week, we will have made that change on the radio show where we're going to spend much more time and we're going to see that doesn't help because the whole goal is to help people become better stronger entrepreneurs and small business owners. And that really starts with us having to make some changes when we recognize there's changes to be made. So easy to fall into subject matter blindness. Yeah. You're just like, oh, of course, you know, everyone knows what a performa is, or I can say everyone knows what a podcast host is. Common sense is only common once you've learned it. Sure. And there's that really fine line of you don't want to be too high level because you want to provide value, but you also, again, you don't want to get too deep into the weeds because then you're just going to confuse people. I always err towards the side of providing too much information because the last thing I want is to provide no value, but then that also provides no value. (laughs) Julie, you mentioned something, another way that you kind of learn about the show and what you need to do and the, the direction you need to take, and that was stats. So I'd love to hear from you both a little bit about how you use stats to make content or strategic decisions with regards to the media you're creating. Yes, Julie. Talk to us about numbers. <laughs> oh, oh, have I poked something? Corey, would you mind answering this one for me? <laughs> sure. That's always a joke on our team. I'm big into numbers and, <laughs> and data and analytics and all of that. And Julie is more of the communications and personal development. And I'm front of the house. She's back of the house. Yeah, pretty much. Just meet comms, comms, meet process. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a dashboard that we review every week. And so we track all of our podcasts, all of our radio shows. We track the downloads. We track countries. We track all of that information that's available. The thing with podcasts is it's very, very hard to get accurate and consistent data from anywhere because downloads are one thing, streams are another thing. The platforms all kind of report differently. So we picked kind of a source of truth that if we're trending in a direction, then we can kind of assume that we are trending in that direction makes it really tough if you're trying to monetize your podcast because people, they want to know how many downloads you get. Like, well, this is what we got on Apple. This is what we got on Spotify. There's some crossover there. We don't really know. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) That's the tough part there is just kind of figuring out what you're going to look at and then going from there. And then we track growth. We try to track 
all sorts of things in terms of, is it just Julie and I on the podcast? Was it the guest? How much did they promote? Do Tuesdays work better than Thursdays? All of those things that you have to look at. And for a lot of people, it's easy to just kind of make that knee-jerk reaction. Oh, we had a really good show on Tuesday with a guest who talked about this. Let's do every show just like that. It's like, well, no, you have to look into the numbers. Why did that happen? Was it that they did a really good job promoting? Did we get lucky? And and a reel that we had promoting the show was popular. Like, There's so many things that go into those numbers that you need to figure out that it sucks, but you kind of have to just make very slow and informed decisions because you want to change those things right now. I want my viewership up. You know, I want listeners up. I want downloads up. But you have to make like informed decision. Don't use your gut, use your head. Right. My number one question I ask every Monday during staff meeting is, why can't there just be one place that accumulates all podcast data? I ask it every week. It's so difficult. And I have to give that speech every Monday. (laughs) (laughs) What is the most surprising thing you've ever learned from your stats? When we first started SBPs, we had a girl that we used to work with who did our social media for us. And she kind of tipped us off to something that we pay attention to because it seems to ring true. And she tipped us off to it on the social media side. And it kind of resonates on the podcast as well, is that people just lose their minds over if it's a picture of just me and Corey, if it's our faces. If it's podcasts that just Corey and I are on, always do well, right? So it's weird because you you tend to think, we can get these great experts on who have this knowledge or experience that we don't have. But in the end, most people would rather just listen to us, right? And sometimes we're just talking nonsense. Like <laughs> I was laughing. We have an episode coming out in sometime in February where a guest no-showed us, right? Which is one of the most disappointing things that happens. But we'd already recorded the front end. And this particular guest, one of his things that he wanted to talk about was how he can help you be 30% more courageous. So we spent an entire episode trying to figure out how one measures courage, right? Because Corey's the guy who's like, you can measure anything. And I'm like, how do you measure courage, Corey? I mean, we talked about that. We we discussed how you could measure courage, but then at the end, it's like, what's the point? And why are you advertising that? Yeah. The most surprising thing or the most interesting, for a while there, we were top rated, probably top 20 in the Philippines for business podcasts. I don't know idea why. We don't know anybody in the Philippines. It didn't make any sense. And I was like, we were proud of that. Yeah. Though. What's going on in the Philippines? We're trying, hey, if you're in the Philippines, reach out to us. Nothing. Yeah. We were, yeah. yeah. I had a friend once made music. One day he kind of blasted into a room. We're all hanging out. You know, we're young. It's the middle of the afternoon. We're drinking. And he's like, I'm huge in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. I can relate to that. We were huge in the Philippines yes. and we are really proud of that. Also, we were very huge in Canada for a while. So. Sure. But for some reason, Belgium's our second highest country. Yeah. No idea why. That's so fascinating. It's really interesting that you were saying that kind of the shows with the two of you um, are so popular. And that really speaks, I guess, to the intimacy that is developed between the podcast host and the podcast listener. It's creating a show can feel so insular because you're talking to each other, you're talking to mics, you're talking to a screen. People are listening to you while they're going about their lives. And so you're becoming a part of their life in this really strange way. And so then they, they feel like they know you. Have you had the in-person experience where you meet a fan for the first time and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're old buddies. Has that come up? No, because we still pretend that the only people that listen to our podcast is our families. (laughs) And they don't even really listen to it or talk to us about it. (laughs) I'll be like, hey, did you guys listen to that episode of our podcast? They're like, no, sorry, but I'm going to. (laughs) But no, we've not met any 
fans yet. I'm using air quotes around the word fans. <laughs> I would probably think it was somebody trying to scam me if we did. Yep, I'm sure you would. Yep. Also, nobody would ever come up to you and say, hey, I'm a fan of your Correct. podcast. Yes. <laughs> It could happen. Maybe you'll find yourself at a conference someday and someone's going to come up and they'll talk to you like you've been best friends for years and you're just going to be floored. What? What's going on? I have no idea what's happening. I look forward to that day. Yes. Again. I look forward to that day. <laughs> All right. So I've kind of got one last thing I'd love to ask to wrap things up. And that's if you had to start over or if someone is kind of looking at the journey you've had with your podcast, who's like, I need to do something like that. What would you do differently? Or would you do anything differently in kind of creating this sort of multimedia content? First off, I would have definitely looked at our process, right? In terms of having more of us. I wish I would have known that that was the thing that people really liked. One of the things that we got right immediately was we recorded like 10 or 12 episodes before we ever released our first one because we wanted to be ahead of that curve of most people record eight episodes and quit, right? So we're like, nope, that's not going to be us. And we have been from the beginning very, very consistent. We've been consistent on the days that we release, always Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we've been consistent on the length. So we like our listeners to know what to expect on the podcast. And that has served us very, very well. So the consistency has been really good. Probably at the start of our third season, we introduced our new intro song, which is fantastic. So we went out and got like a big name person to do like the intro to our podcast. And I love it. I'm so happy with it. I wish we would have done that earlier. People recognize who it is and they're like, did Pat Hilton do your intro for your podcast? And we're like, he did. And like, oh my God. So met Pat Hilton on Clubhouse and just reached out to him and asked him if he'd help us out. And he's like, absolutely. So it's a really good intro. I don't know if there's anything else I would change. I think I probably would be more discerning about guests from the get-go. You tend to think that somebody's going to be a good guest because they got that big social media following. And they're not. It just really doesn't mean anything. Early on, we got taken a couple of times where we got somebody who came on and all they wanted to do was promote themselves. We just tell people straight up now, you can promote what you're something at the very end. But if you do it throughout the show, we're not going to release it and we'll just stop recording because nobody wants to hear a 20-minute sell spiel. You know, it's not an infomercial. This is designed to help entrepreneurs. But we're also pretty good even when they try to start selling or whatever, just guiding the conversation away from that. Because we have kind of a general idea of what we want to talk about when the guest comes on the show, but there's a good chance that we're going to get off topic and that's fine. And getting them off topic and just letting them know that it's a conversation is just the way to go. And with that continuous improvement and trying new things, because we try to keep the show around 30 minutes, but we had one where we're like, oh, we're going to go long. We're going to make this a two-parter and then found out real quick, nobody cared for that. They listened to the first part. Nobody bothered to listen to part two. We're like, okay, that's never going to happen again. It's not happening learn. again. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I did probably about the midpoint, we, we'd probably been producing the podcast for about six months. And I actually took an improv class. And I actually took the improv class to help me with sales because I'm responsible for sales and marketing. That's be paced. So I thought this will make me better at sales. Well, it didn't really impact sales at all, but it made me a much better podcast host because improv is all about listening better and asking better questions. And so it changed the way that I listen on podcasts to what the guest is saying. And when it's just Corey and I, what Corey's saying, because I normally don't listen to Corey, you know, and be able to ask better questions. That was really good for me to take that improv class. Fantastic idea. That's a great idea. 
before I let you go, shamelessly take advantage of your years of experience and ask you, so as you've been running a podcast a long longer than I've been running a podcast, I've always done my work behind the mic. Is there something that I should have asked you that would have been great to talk about or you know, you really think should be shared to an audience of B2B and company podcasters? What a great question. That is. that is a really good question. I am trying to think from a information perspective, maybe asking about how people are finding and vetting their guests might be a good question because there's a lot of almost... Corey explains this so much better than I do where you're like the dating service. Oh, yeah. So we use Podmatch and Podbooker to find... I'll call them random guests. It's people who we don't meet, but it's really like online dating. You go on there, they look at your profile, you look at their profile. If it's a match, you hit match, and then you can kind of message and figure it out from there. And as we were talking about, we're becoming more and more discerning about who we are going to bring on. And then we also, like most things, most HR policies in any company, any policy or rule or anything that's been implemented is because of somebody or some event that occurred. And so we have now on our website, if you're a no-show to a schedule, we'll never book you again. We understand life comes up if you reach out ahead of time and say, hey, can we reschedule? No problem there. But if you just don't show up... Can't get on. And one other thing that we did probably about six months in, we created a big name guest wish list, right? We've got like maybe 50 people on that list. And then we've got a B list of people. If we can't get this person, who's somebody else that we would get? And we regularly reach out and ask these people to come on the show, right? And we've gotten some really good guests through that approach. I think the lesson there is that you just have to ask, right? It doesn't matter how many episodes you have. It's helpful if you've got more. If you're 100 in, then they know you're serious. You know what you're doing. But asking people like, hey, would love to get you on the show and have a reason that you want them on, right? Our audience is entrepreneurs small business owners, we'd love to talk to you about X. Could you come on the show? And for people that are like those bigger name guests, we're really flexible with the schedule. Like somebody needs to record at nine o'clock on a Monday night. We're like, yep, we can do it. We'll make it happen because it's important to us to get that guest on. So we're going to be more flexible with our time. And the other thing for anybody out there who's thinking about starting a podcast, and let's say you have a connection to somebody who is a big name, wait until like podcast 25 or 30 to bring them on, get everything worked out. Bringing on a big name at podcast number three is not going to build an audience for you at Mm -mm. all. Don't blow it early. Um, You know, save them for a little bit later. Once you get, you know, get some podcasts under your belt. Great advice. Corey Harris and Julie Trexler, thank you so much for giving of your time and your expertise and taking a chance and giving so generously to a newer podcast. It's a really lovely thing to do. And I'm very appreciative to have you here. Where can everyone find you and listen to your show and your radio and your website and all of those good things, which we will, of course, also link in the show notes. Perfect. Well, this is another good tip for podcast hosts. Have your guests just give one place to find them rather than listing off every social media account they have. And everyone can find us on sbpace.com. Everything you need to know is right there. Marvelous. Thank you again. Business Podcast Blueprint Show is written and hosted by me, Megan Doherty. I'm the co-founder of One Stone Creative, and this is all done in close collaboration with my fellow co-founder, Audra Casino. The show is edited by Erwin and Jensen Galino, managed by Darla Fields, and the notes are written by Hazel Ann LaFortune. 
If you want to find out how we can help you create a high-value company show, or generally learn about the ins and outs of podcasting as a business, find us at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. Until next time.